0: This will not stand. That, that be justice for all. Human rights are women's rights. change the world. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Global Dispatches. This is your host, Mark Leon Goldberg. War crimes were almost certainly committed by both sides in the recent flare-up of violence in Gaza. A key question going forward is how to pursue justice and accountability for those crimes. One venue that's being weighed as a potential option is the International Criminal Court. Now, the ICC does not currently have jurisdiction in Palestine, but it might should Palestine accede to the Rome statute that created the International Criminal Court. In other words, Palestine has to ask the ICC to become a member for the ICC's jurisdiction to kick in. Now, there are a lot of thorny legal and political issues that this raises, both for Palestine and for the International Criminal Court. Uh, And to help walk me through them is Kevin John Heller. He is an international legal scholar, a professor of criminal law at so as in London, and is the anchor of the Opinio Juris blog, an excellent resource for people wanting to take a deeper dive into questions about international law. So, if you are at all interested or curious about what might happen at the International Criminal Court as it pertains to the conflict in Gaza, have a listen. Quick programming note, you can subscribe to Global Dispatches on iTunes, and I hope you do. I post one of these shorter conversations with a think tank-type journalist or expert every Thursday. And every Monday, I post longer conversations with foreign policy thought leaders and luminaries about their life stories and career. So subscribe and don't miss an episode. Here it is, my conversation with Kevin John Heller. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube.
1: The question with the Palestinian Authority and with the the state of Palestine is, does the Palestinian Authority actually function as the government of Palestine? Do they have the authority to unilaterally ratify the Rome statute or file an ad hoc declaration? And, you know, it's an interesting question. Um, There seems to be a functioning unity government at the time, at the present time, between Hamas and you know, Fatah and various other factions. So, you know, insofar as you have a unity government, and insofar as Abbas is the recognized president and can speak for the state of Palestine, then I don't think there's much of an issue with him ratifying the Rome Statute or filing a declaration. Uh, with the unity government to fall apart uh, and Hamas split from them, then you have some really serious issues, because as we both know, you know, the Palestinian Authority doesn't really function as the government of Gaza. With About Hamas's involvement. Hamas.
0: So it's it's in part a question of whether or not this entity called Palestine exerts sovereign control over all discrete parts of Palestine?
1: Well, I mean I'm not sure I would put it quite that way. I mean, I, I think there's no question there is a state of Palestine. The question is what are its boundaries, and who is the legitimate government, who represents the Palestinian people. You know, and it's impossible to overlook the fact that in 2006, Hamas won, you know, relatively democratic elections, yet were, was prevented from governing by Fatah. It led to the civil war in 2007, and ultimately Hamas took control of the Gaza Strip. Now, that's a long time ago, and relations between Fatah and Hamas have improved markedly uh, since then. And again, as I said, there does seem to be a unity government, but I think you really have to emphasize that there has to be a unity government between Fatah and Hamas to really have the ability to speak of the Palestinian Authority as the official government of the state of Palestine.
0: So, okay, uh, say that there is this unity government in place, uh, Mm -hmm. and the Palestinian Authority makes the request to the office of the prosecutor to uh, accept jurisdiction over crimes committed on Palestinian territory. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the next step from the Office of the Prosecutor's point of view?
1: Well, um, you know, assuming that the OTP was confident that... And I should say, (laughs) um, OTP
0: is shorthand for the Office of the Prosecutor.
1: (laughs) officer, the prosecutor, was satisfied that in fact Abbas had the authority to file this declaration, then it would proceed in the same way that it proceeds with any state referral. Um, State referrals do have a certain priority over, you know, you and I sending a communication to the court asking it to investigate a situation. So they take the state referrals very seriously, but it would be the same kind of preliminary examination that that happens in all of these cases. You know, is there... evidence that crimes are committed within the jurisdiction of the courts. Uh, you know, were the crimes or are the crimes adequately grave, what's the status of, um, you know, domestic proceedings to deal with the perpetrators of international crimes. It would be the same kind of analysis that the office of the prosecutor has done, you know, literally dozens of times before.
0: Uh, and so... I think one of the you know we were just talking about this earlier, but I, you have made the argument that you think it's probably not very likely for the office of the prosecutor, in this case Fetu Ben Souda, uh, who's the the prosecutor of the ICC, to uh, either accept jurist to accept jurisdiction. Is is that right?
1: No. Would I? Yes and no. <laughs> um, I don't think at the current time, given what I know about the state of Palestine's government, that there's any problem with Abbas actually going ahead and filing an ad hoc declaration or ratifying the Rome Statute. So I don't think Ben-Food's worry would be that the court doesn't have jurisdiction. I think it is extraordinarily unlikely that the prosecutor will ever get beyond a preliminary examination and open a formal investigation into the situation in Palestine. And that is not really a reflection of of legal considerations, in my view. I just think politically, and, and perhaps I'm being too cynical, but I think it is extraordinarily unlikely that an already embattled court that has not had a huge track record of success is going to dive into the most politicized conflict in the world and certainly probably the most politicized conflict over the past few decades. Um, I I just can't see the opposite of the prosecutor in a relatively conservative, in a decision-making sense, uh, prosecutor like Fatou Ben-Souda wading into it.
0: And what sort of legal excuse would she give to not <laughs> pursue this investigation, right? Because, you know, presumably, like, the the, um, the ICC prosecutor just, you know, is supposed to just follow facts and follow the law. Uh, yes. They're not supposed to be influenced by political concerns. Of course, in the real world, they are, but, but uh, what... Uh, sort of
1: and, and that's out- why I said that maybe my view is cynical, because I don't necessarily think that there would be any you know, really looming legal problems with opening a formal investigation. Uh, obviously the jurisdiction would be acceptable in the scenario that I sketched. Uh, certainly the crimes that have been committed by both Hamas and Israel are more than adequately grave. Um, there are certainly complementarity issues with regard to Israel. Israel has a, a fully functioning legal system. Well, let's talk, and, can we, can
0: we just stop there right there. Uh, sure. So for those unaware, complementarity is this principle of the international criminal court where uh, um, they, the ICC will only take on a case if a local jurisdiction is unable or unwilling to do so themselves. So, like local courts get their first crack at trying uh, someone for crimes against humanity. So, only the ICC only comes in if the local jurisdictions uh, are unable to do so on their own. That's known as the principle of complementarity.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, uh, and th- actually, that that kind of raises an interesting point. So, if you no, know, there was, uh, you know, if, if the ICC did proceed or take, take some preliminary steps to open an investigation, um, you know, as you said, Israel does have a functioning judiciary. Israel presumably could obviate the need for an ICC investigation if it launches its own investigation. Uh, Hamas and uh, the Palestinian Authority – you know, their judiciary systems, their judicial systems aren't as functioning. So it almost seems as if there's a higher likelihood that Hamas members would be try- come before the ICC before an Israeli.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I've been saying this for, I don't know, two or three years now, um, that the... Real, you know, that that Hamas more than anybody else has an ICC investigation to fear. And that isn't because I don't believe that Israel hasn't committed international crimes. I certainly do think it has committed international crimes. But number one, (laughs) launching rockets at civilian populations is an extraordinarily easy war crime to prove. You you contrast that with things like disproportionate attacks, deliberately attacking civilians, uh, transferring civilian population into occupied territory if the West Bank became part of an ICC investigation. Those are extraordinarily complicated war crimes to prove. A rational prosecutor would start with Hamas. And as you said, any attempt to try to prosecute a member of the IDF or an Israeli politician for an international crime, it would be much easier for Israel to kind of head off that prosecution by conducting a domestic prosecution, whereas Hamas, I think, would have a very difficult time uh, invoking the principle of complementarity to avoid a prosecution. So I think it's almost unquestionable that the first defendant who ever ended up in the dock of the ICC, if anyone ever did, would be a member of Hamas. So that's something that, you know, those who support Hamas need to take into account when thinking about the wisdom of, you know, an ad hoc declaration or ratifying the Rome Statute.
0: And even, I wonder to what extent the Palestinian Authority, you know, has considered that, because, you know, they have been rather slow in, in uh, presenting an application to the ICC, right?
1: They have, although I think that, 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 that the Palestinian authorities. Uh, calculus is very different than Hamas's. I think Abbas's unwillingness or or willingness to drag his feet about actually going ahead with a declaration or ratification has much more to do with pressure from Western states, in particular United States threats, of cutting off aid to the Palestinian Authority if they go to the ICC. So, um, you know, it's hard to say what Hamas is is going to do what I've been hearing is that Hamas actually will sign on to the referral, um, and maybe that means that they are erroneously believing that they're not going to be the ones who will be first targeted, or maybe they think that the the value of a referral to the Palestinian cause is great enough that they're willing to take the risk i, I said I, I don't I don't speak to people who are part of Hamas, so I don't know, but um, you know that's kind of what
0: the thought processes could be um and as you were saying before you know for the um uh the international criminal court writ large like this is this is very you know fraught uh, mm-hmm. although uh you know on the other hand one of the knocks against the icc as an institution is that so far it's only prosecuted africans right that it's this, um, you know, the the sort of criticism against the ICC yeah. is that it's this court that was created by, you know, European intellectuals, but now it only kind of goes after Africans uh, and a prosecution for crimes in Gaza would, uh, you know, counteract that criticism. But you're saying, and, and I, I totally agree, that it would be just be so politically fraught that it could undermine the court for years to come should it, you know, the court inject itself into the Arab-Israeli conflict. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I, I am... Completely in favor of the ICC opening an investigation into a situation outside of Africa um, I don 't think this is the one that it wants to get its feet wet with I mean I compare it to the situation in Afghanistan I mean the office of the prosecutor has been slow walking that preliminary examination literally for years it took them something like seven years to decide that there was a reasonable grounds to believe that crimes were committed in Afghanistan and now have moved the preliminary examination to the next stage of analysis. So the office of the prosecutor knows how to slow walk a preliminary examination when it wants to. And just the idea that its first foray outside of Africa will be into Israel-Palestine, I I guess I just find that so hard to believe that whether it's a legal decision or a political decision, I just can't see them getting involved. And, again, you know, everything that I hear from inside the court is like, oh, my God, please, please, please don't make us make these decisions. Um, And you can understand why.
0: Uh, So what – Sort of, what what, uh, do you expect to happen in the coming sort of weeks and days regarding this this issue?
1: It's a really, really good question. Um, If you'd asked me a couple of days ago, I would say I will see it when I believe it. With regard to the state of Palestine ratifying the Rome Statute or, or filing an ad hoc declaration, you know, from what I'm hearing, it does seem relatively likely that they may actually do it. Um, and then it will be very interesting to see um, i as I said, I imagine you will see the court um, shall we say take full advantage of the lack of time constraints on its decision making, um, and it will be a very long time before anything would really concretely happen with a, a ratification or declaration. so um, I think the next big question is will the state of Palestine actually do it, because as as we both know, they've threatened to do it a number of times and they backed off. And again, this seems more real than those previous ones, but we really still have to wait and see.
0: Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Kevin, and we'll see you next time. Bye.